Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say today we have Noah, who's co-founder of Variable and host of the Code Story podcast. Noah, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks for having me today. It's an absolute pleasure. Noah, can you tell our audience, first and foremost, a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, for sure. So I've been in technology for around 16 years now, 17 years. Um, been doing a mixture of corporate IT in the way back times, and then now latest doing startups. Uh, I ran my own agency for a while, a, a mobile development agency. Um, also a podcast host for around three years now, uh, doing Code Story. Uh, most importantly, I'm a, uh, I'm a follower of uh, Jesus, and I am a husband and to, to my wife, and my uh, three kids uh, keep me really busy and exercised, so that's good, uh, through their activities. Um, I'm also uh, an outdoorsman. Uh, I'm, I'm very much more about the analog than I am digital. Uh, which is which is kind of foreign for an engineer. Uh, from in my experience, um, I like to hunt, I like to fish, uh, I like to do all those things. Yeah, I have a similar kind of lifestyle on the weekends. I try and get away from the, the screens a lot of the time if I can. Um, similar things farming, but yeah, uh, Noah. I think first question I'll ask you is. How do you go about managing all those things and how do you go about marketing and building variable and, and code story? And I suppose some of your past experiences could apply to both of those. Yeah, sure. I appreciate that question. You know, juggling it all is, is, uh, can be challenging some days. I think the Lord made me in, in a way that I like spinning plates, which is, is valuable, um, with all the things going on, um, I think that the uh, you know if I'm if I was to identify a cornerstone habit for me to that helps me to, um, you know, kind of manage it all is is getting up early in the morning. I try to get up at five. I try to get up and do some reading, uh, you know, do some you know checking in with myself and enjoying the quiet while everyone else is sleeping. Um, so that that is uh, that's kind of my cornerstone habit to to manage it all. And as far as, far as when it comes to you know, the variable and code story. So, you know, how do we market variable? It's interesting because uh, manufacturing, distribution, warehousing, supply chain is an interesting space because you can't throw an ad on Facebook and tell them about what you're building. Um, you, yeah. you really got to go to the place where they are and where they are is, you know, uh, a, a little more traditional, traditionally oriented around, you know, trade shows um, and in their plants themselves. Uh, it, most days just trying to survive, <laughs> trying to get their orders out, trying to, uh, you know, complete the tasks that they need to do, um, on a day-to-day -day basis. So, so we do a lot of, of, uh, educating essentially on, you know, what we've built with variable, which is an on-demand marketplace for manufacturing and distribution labor. Um, we, you know, as a, a lame way to describe it, we're an Uber for the shop floor, right? We're Instacart for manufacturing labor for, um, you know, a shop floor worker and, um, you know, how we've had to get in front of businesses is to go to those trade shows and to, 
to meet with them where they are in their plants. We go in their plants, we look at their operations and, and being sort of in industrial engineering base, we look at their operations and we see where their problems are likely occurring based on how they are doing things. And we, you know, we insert variable essentially, um, you know, it's free to sign up. They can use it. It's a SaaS solution, but we educate them on how variable can help them in their operations. So that's, that's the variable side of thing. Code story wise, kind of a totally different industry. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's more engineering focused podcast, right? Podcast is obviously what we're chatting on right now. It's a different, different world. And you know, how do I market that? I think that, you know, I, I have, you know, an email list, I have a website, I, I'm on all the directories. So that's, that's covered as far as getting the word out or getting my show out and making it available. Um, you know, I try to do a decent amount to my email list. I try to do a decent amount to, um, you know, on like things like pod chaser and, um, things of that nature. And then, you know, I do some, I do some paid advertisements as well and some strategic platforms that have proven valuable to grow my subscriber base. That's a little bit, that's a little bit there on both of those things. And do you think, um, looking at the podcast for a second, and we'll talk about the tech aspect, I'm guessing you take aspects and you, you apply it to your main business from time to time. And like, do you use sometimes learning, staying up to date in tech, I should put it, do you find that kind of inspires you and helps you with your kind of discovery process of trying to improve your own things? Oh, absolutely. I love it that you keyed in on that. There's, there's such a, um, you know, it's, it's such an interesting thing. I, when I started variable, I was asking a lot of questions to CTOs and we were having these types of conversations that I have on the podcast. Um, and, and, uh, you know, peer CTOs, I'm CTO of, of, of variable and, and I was, you know, having these conversations. And when I was considering doing the podcast, I was like, I'm already talking to those folks anyway, I can just start recording them and, and, you know, creating an asset for them too. But I learned so much from the conversations. I, I learned so much about, you know, around building just enough to get feedback around really, you know, building a team culture and, and supporting your team and valuing your team and making your team feel valued and, <clears throat> and, and, you know, pushing a product into the market and scaling it. Um, and all those lessons learned, I think what I learned the most from is sharing the mistakes that have been made, you know, people get vulnerable with the mistakes of like, yeah, we really, you know, this one thing is what comes to mind. Although we've made a ton of mistakes, this one thing comes to mind. <clears throat> and then, so for me, that, that gives me the opportunity to be like, okay, well that, that's a learning I can take immediately from it. So, you know, three, 300 plus episodes in, I've got 300 plus mistakes that have been made that I can make sure and, you know, talk to my team about and make sure we're not making the sort of same thing. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely helpful there. And do you find people are forthcoming when you're asking about mistakes? How do you present that um, with the clients beforehand, especially? Yeah, they, they are really. And, and, you know, I, I send a list of questions that I'm going to ask ahead of time. And, and, um, and then, so they see that on there, they see it's, it's going to be asked. And a lot of times they're like, man, this was a tough one, not because there aren't any mistakes or that I don't want to talk about them is that there's so many, you know, there's so many mistakes I could talk through. Um, and you know, the, the goal of the show is to, to make them comfortable and to make them feel like we're in a coffee shop chatting as peers. And they're just kind of, you know, 
talking about what really happened, like what really went down, you know, and that, and that brings out the best conversations. Brilliant. And do you have a campaign or something you did previously that you're really proud of or how you made it successful? Sure. Um, you know, I, I did, um, I started to do seasons and when I started to do seasons, I started to bundle up things, um, for sponsors in a, you know, in a different way, in a, in a full sponsorship aspect and a full season sponsorship, excuse me. And, and that was, that was really helpful. Once I started actually bundling things into sponsorships, it allowed me to, you know, piece out how the show was, was monetized. And so that was, that was really good. Um, as far as growing the user base though, Castbox has been a fantastic platform for me, um, for code story in, in, and growing that subscriber base. Uh, I've, I've thrown some ads on different platforms and that one has really produced the results that, um, that has been really valuable to the show and to the show's numbers. So I continue to support that platform and send people to that platform because it's a, it's a great program. They're great people over there. Um, it's a really great podcast app as well. Um, so it's, it's kind of good all the way, all around there. So I'm super proud to have sort of dug in and found that because, you know, there's no silver bullet with podcasts, really. I mean, there's, there's no silver bullet. You, you figure out what works for your show and that's not always advertising. Sometimes that's, you know, putting it in front of people in creative ways or, you know, going to, again, to the, you know, the, the trade show aspect, like being, in front of people who like your content at, you know, perhaps not a traditional, you know, advertising medium, you know, not on Facebook or not on XYZ. So um, it's very different for each show. And I, I'm pretty proud to have found something and some things that have, that have worked and helped move the needle. Brilliant. Yeah. I, and that sounds fantastic. How, how do you find, how, how did that scale when you implemented Castbot? How did it scale from there? Um, can you sure kind of a, just in terms of the difference, you don't have to say numbers, but did you see a percentage increase or something? Oh, sure. Yeah, no, no, I, I certainly, certainly can speak to that. I mean, our, my subscribers, you know, five X easily from, from advertising on Castbox, And I think I've done three campaigns, um, you know, on a, I, I would say quarterly, it's a little longer than quarterly, but we'll just say quarterly for, for, um, for sake of example, and I've uh, done that on a quarterly basis, and it's easily 5x my subscribers, which obviously, you know, 5x, 5x is my plays. Whenever my, my episodes release, it gets the, um, you know, the episodes into more people's ears. It's better exposure. And so I look for opportunities like that on different platforms. Uh, CastBox has been, been the most, the most, uh, the best results. Wow. And um, focusing on yourself for a second, in your day-to-day -day job, obviously we have several softwares on our computers that to try and help our roles daily. Is there any you swear by and you use more regularly than often? Great question. Um, you know, there is one tool that I am in every day. I manage three different inboxes in three different calendars and, uh, it, and it's variable, it's code story and it's my personal one. And, and I use a tool called shift. Uh, and I, th I think the website is tryshift.io, uh, if I if I recall correctly. Um, 
may, may not be .io, it may be .com, but, but it's called Shift. And it's basically for um, multiple, it's basically built for multiple email addresses, Google Drives, um, uh, you know, contacts and calendars uh, across different accounts, but all in one workspace. And so I'm able to bounce between all my emails, keep them separate, keep them in separate inboxes because I like that. I like to have it in, in separate places rather than just all mixed together. Um, but it allows me to have you know the same set of tools. I can flip just between accounts, uh, you know, respond to emails, do it quickly, and not have you know a hundred tabs open. Well, it will say a hundred more tabs open in my browser. Uh, and, and, it, and so I swear by that one. It really helps a lot. The other thing for, for the podcast, the other tool I'll mention for the podcast and i um, happy to share this one. It's not a, you know, it's not a um, unknown tool, but it's Alphonic, Alphonic leveler. So I use when I'm, when I'm editing my uh, podcast, I use logic. Uh, you know, some people use pro tools, some people use audacity. It's, they're all pretty similar as far as just multi-tracking, especially when you're doing stuff in a podcast, but, um, what really changes the game for me is Alphonic Leveler. And I'll, I will take each of my tracks after they're cleaned up and run them through Alphonic Leveler. And it, it, it levels the, the sound. It does a high-pass filter, a noise and hum reduction. It sets it at the right, you know, 16 luffs for, you know, for podcasts. And it just really cleans up each of the audio pieces. And then I export the full episode, and then I, I run it through the leveler again. And just really... It really simplifies the mastering, the mixing and mastering process for me, and um, and so I, I swear by that tool when I'm when I'm doing my podcast. I share it with everyone I can. That's excellent advice. And away from your strengths, is there any particular areas you're looking to upskill yourself into, and why? And the second part of that is, uh, do you look at any particular websites or anything books for insights and new information? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a that's a great question. I think I'm I'm a permanent beta, so I'm I'm always in progress. Uh, I'm always learning. I, I'm always trying to learn, um, and I and I kind of feel like I start eroding when I'm not learning. So I need a challenge. I need to be learning something, something new. Um, for me, when I talk about upskilling, so for variable in in particular, I, one thing I'm learning a lot right now is is and have grown in a lot is growing organizations. You know, we're my engineering team has grown from you know three four people in the early days to now you know plus twenty, moving into the thirties very soon, um, and then also growing a product organization and a design organization and a QA organization alongside engineering, and so all these things are brand new. And so for me to 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 the thing I need to focus on is upskilling and my my ability to to design these organizations you know, appropriately based on what we're trying to accomplish. And, um, that's been, that's been a challenge. Uh, it's been a lot more challenging than I, than I would have even realized. I think sometimes engineers, we, you know, I'm definitely guilty of this. We, we can see that, you know, the engineering aspect is actually the hardest part of, of building software. And, and a lot of times it's not, it's very, uh, building organizations, building teams, building team cultures, growing people is very fluid. It's very um, not black or white. And you you have to be a good uh, person and you have to be a good problem solver and you have to care about people and organizations to really make it work. Um, 
you can't just sling code and get something to work. So uh, that's been something I'm I'm constantly looking to upskill. As far as the podcast, I'm still looking to upskill my my marketing, my exposure. Um, I feel good about the content I'm creating, but I'm not. I don't feel like I have mastered getting the word out. Um, I still am looking for new avenues to to give people exposure to the show, get feedback, and um, and really get the code story name out there. I think that's actually a really good point you hit home. Just just getting feedback. It's very hard to sometimes believe that at the at the end of the day you're producing your show for listeners and to, to hopefully entertain and, and provide value. But if you're not doing that or you're you're going away from where you can be given maximum value, it's it's always good to to move the needle and get people to to assist in that. Have you you obviously mentioned an email database and, and things like that. Do you often reach out and, and ask for feedback or how do you go about doing that? I, I do. Uh, I, when I say often um, or when I agree to often, I, I, I wouldn't call it on a regular periodic basis, but I do reach out and just kind of ask for feedback. I don't, I don't get a ton that way, though. Uh, a lot of times I get more feedback from my guests themselves because they're yeah. more willing to you know, come, come in and do the interview, but listen to the episodes as part of it. And I ask, you know, Hey, is there anything you think I should change about the show? Do the questions make sense? Um, typically most of the feedback is positive. Um, sometimes there's some, some tweaks and, or, or sometimes there's a, yeah, this question really kind of got me. Maybe you want to prep it uh, a little bit differently or something like that. And that's always really, really helpful. But typically that's where the, uh, feedback comes from, uh, more, more easily. And it, it, it's kind of interesting because those are the folks I'm also targeting as listeners is the people I'm interviewing. So it, it, it's helpful to kind of have that front row seat when I'm interviewing the two. Just Definitely. Like, hey, uh, any, any feedback on the show? And um, looking at the industry as a whole, we'll stick this. We'll, I'll ask you this kind of twice because I'm interested to know about variable as well. But is there anything in those in industries that excites you and might be coming in the future that you're thinking, oh, this is going to be huge. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when I look at, you know, look across manufacturing, distribution, supply chain, um, there is a lot going on. Um, there's, there is a, there's a movement in the industry and it's been happening over several years and it will take several years, but towards total cloud, um, I say total, uh, total's a strong word, a bigger cloud presence for solutions uh, and for enterprise systems, more point type solutions than do it, do it all type of systems and more of an ecosystem that connects the system. So, you know, if you look at like you know, the consumer world or you know, or I would say the developer word, we'll, we'll say the developer word because I'm, because I'm an engineer, everything's pretty integrated. You know, you can essentially plug everything into Slack. You can plug everything else into everything else. You can use Zapier. You can use other sorts of like connector tools to really connect all your workflows and make things work. There are no code tools too for, for things you just want to sling together quickly or get other people to build for you. And so that integration exists in that world. Uh, doesn't exist for manufacturing and you know the supply chain and so what i see is a drift towards that um and not a drift a direct kind of movement towards that because that is needed 
point solutions, sharing of data, integrations, and the ability to be flexible in how you create your um, uh, to create your operation, right? Your most optimal operation. And I'm really excited about that. We're really excited about that at Variable. We want to be a huge part of that, a huge cornerstone for labor and beyond for those, um, for those industry, um, for that industry and for those solutions. So that's a, that's manufacturing from a podcast standpoint. I'm excited about, I'm excited about the growth in podcasts. Um, I am excited about, you know, kind of the, I'm excited about the tooling in podcasting because there's so much opportunity out there right now. If I had all the time in the world, I would probably try to build a podcast solution for hosts that allow you to do a lot more. Um, the workflow tooling around workflow from, you know, scheduling to capturing audio to editing to publishing is still sort of fragmented and there's not a great tool out there or ecosystem that connects all the tools that, you know, should be connected in this sort of workflow, uh, in this sort of system. So I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity there and what's going to come out of it. Um, I'm also excited about just the growth in the industry as well. It gives podcasts more, um, you know, more spotlight time essentially, or more market. I think, I think on the flip side of that though, I will say that it does invite some bigger players in with much bigger budgets than I have uh, that that can kind of um, do a lot more advertising than I can as well. So that that is also it comes with a it's kind of a double edged uh, sword there or I don't know how you say that um, it, it comes with pros and cons. And do you find with your podcast you've been able to market yourself and maybe variable your past career as well? A lot. It, it's a brilliant marketing tool. As a result, oh, I see. Absolutely, yes. No, I, I think that's very true, Tom. It's been helpful. Um, it's been a really helpful networking tool. You know, I've gotten to bring people on the show and then talk shop with them, and you know, it's been more. It's. I really try to make my guests feel like we're in a coffee shop chatting. You know, like it's we're just we're having fun, just having yeah. a chat. And that makes a really good connection. And, you know, I've, I've had people sponsor the show that have been guests that I just randomly reached out to on LinkedIn because I thought their solution was interesting. And, you know, it, it's led to a lot of a lot of really cool stuff for the show, but also a lot of really cool stuff for Variable and for my career as a CTO. You know, I've pulled in people's solutions into Variable to use them in, in our platform, uh, which has been great. I didn't know about the solutions ahead of time. And now, you know, I have a front row seat into how it was built and what the plans are and all those sorts of things. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, it helps me network and be able to ask questions to other folks and, you know, kind of, kind of advertise who I am in the space. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not making any moves. I'm, I'm, I'm at variable. I'm a founder. So I'm, I'm the, variable for the long term but it's it's helpful to you know be be known in the space um yeah. and be able to ask questions to like-minded folks that are trying to solve the same problems yeah excellent answer lastly noah we always ask this last question on the show which is if you could bottle up one personality trait you have yourself that you could pass on to others what would it be 
Oh, man. What comes to mind is a bunch I don't want to pass on to others. So I think about this with my kids. I don't, I don't want them to, don't be like this. Uh, don't do, do as I say, not as I do. Um, let's see. Let me, let me think about that. I think, I think for me, I, you know, authentically deal with, with fear a lot. Um, it's kind of an internal struggle for me in a lot of different areas, but not in the area of building something or creating something or solving a problem. I don't have, I, I don't have fear there. Uh, and I, I, I get excited about it and I get excited about the risk of maybe it not working, but we're going to figure out how to make it work and architecting and just kind of having a blank canvas and putting something together. Um, I don't fear that. Um, and so if I, if I could bottle that up and, and pass that on to people that would help them, you know, remove their paralysis of maybe over-engineering or fear of imperfection or fear of releasing too early or, you know, fear of, of just stepping out and trying, um, I would love to share that. I think that that, that's served me pretty well. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to the, to the God above that's given me that. That's a brilliant answer. What a brilliant way to end the show. Noah, thank you so much for being interviewed. If people want to find you, how can they touch base with you? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, as, if people want to chat with me, LinkedIn's a great spot. Um, my website, noahlabhard.com. If you want to learn a little more about me, if you want to check out Variable, it's variableops.com. And I'd love to have you check out the show uh, Code Story as well at codestory.co or any, any podcast directory. We'll tag it afterwards as well. But yeah, thank you, Noah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Tom. Really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm.